On this episode of the 132 Breeze podcast, we try to make Casey feel better about his bad sports day. So we talk Bucks, NFL draft, what was good, what did we like, did we watch it, Major League Baseball, obviously NBA playoffs, and America's favorite segment, Casey's Corner Kick. All right, let's start the show. Back with another episode of the 132 Breeze Podcast. As always, this is Marlo, joined by Casey. Casey, great Sunday. How are you doing today? Whew, great Sunday. I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, it is Sunday. It was a, a rough, <clears throat> at least sports Sunday. And at least a little bit of a rough Sunday as my, on my throat as well, hopefully. Uh, you know, playing through pain like, uh, like the professionals that today. we are, Marlo. But we had <clears throat> three events. Uh Three sporting events that I was emotionally invested in. All three of them did not go my way. So today was one of those days that I thought, why the heck do I care so much about this? And then I started prepping for the pod. So hopefully uh, that uh, it's not negative. It's just, uh, let's say, emotionally detached attitude uh, doesn't carry through in the pod. And I can deliver for, for our listeners. <laughs> yeah, I got I got a text earlier in the day. It was like, "When are we? When are we recording?" <laughs> just I, was like, I, I was like, "I had a feeling we want to get this over with." <laughs> you needed, yeah, needed some sort of distraction. So. Yeah, I need. Yeah, I, I didn't want to sit around and kind of stew on things longer than I needed to. So I'm glad we can uh, record a little earlier. It's uh, about quarter to six central time as we record this, so uh, a little earlier than our normal uh, one. But uh, fortunately, we, t- we were talking about this just before we started. Uh, we're we're not missing much. Usually, we're yeah. recording at seven, and things are happening, and we miss kind of the later games i mean there's a hockey game but there's really no later games today yeah so. no yeah all the, all the sports are done which is really weird because there's nothing really going on uh later yeah. tonight unless there's some i don't know award show i don't know about <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, hockey fans and and uh baseball fans are are shaking their heads at us but that's fine uh we'll get to them in due time later later in the podcast later at in- least it's before the soccer right so at least you have that <laughs> Baseball hockey fans. All right. Uh, I guess the the uh, head. Should we move on? Is there yeah, yeah. I'm intro, ready to go. intro yeah, completed. Yeah. All right. I guess our on campus segment this week, Marlo. Not really on campus. I guess it's a mixture, right? On campus, it's, a blur. it's yeah. It's the two worlds colliding. NFL draft. It's NFL draft. It's yeah. It, it's college kids finally being able to make money. Yeah. Uh, finally, above table. Above the table. Above the table. <laughs> yeah, make money playing football. Yeah, it uh, it dominated. I guess the airwaves over the weekend. It dominated Nashville, as we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, and did it dominate your weekend, Marlo? How did you take in the NFL draft, and was it different this year than than other years, perhaps in the past? Uh, it wasn't much. Of, I definitely watched the first round uh, yeah. Thursday night, just because wasn't much else going on. Um, <laughs> they actually started the NBA game like after the first round of the draft because West Coast basketball. What's going on? <laughs> Uh, so, anyways, definitely watch the watch the first round. Um, that was good. The second and third round kind of tuned in and out, but I I think it was different. It was different for me this year because the Bears didn't have a draft pick to the third round. Yeah. So that's kind of why I pay attention. That's you know I really didn't have anything to personally pique my interest as uh, as a sports fan. Yeah, to hit home. So that was the, so I get that was the difference. I I started you know, really caring deeper in the draft this year and kind of kept my, my ear to the ground on, on the last day. 
Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a first round it's that's what's mock draft. That's where I know, you know, who's expected to go where and I'm kind of tuned in on that especially with the Packers having two picks in the first round this year. I was a, and let's be honest, lower picks than the Packers are used used to having. Uh so I, I tuned in a little bit more for that. But then after that second round on it's more or less is that player from Wisconsin? Do I know who that yeah. is? And is it my team picking? And then other than that, it's just kind of poke your head up when the draft pick is in and then back down to whatever else you're doing. It's just kind of kind of on in the background uh, for that. Uh, but I guess as we go into storylines of the draft, uh, what was, uh, I guess, the? I guess let's just start at the beginning, right? Yep. Number one, over, top. Number one <laughs> overall pick, Kyler Murray. Uh, went number one overall. He was just tall enough. Uh, they did that really funny graphic, you know, to get on the roller coaster. He had to be this tall, and he was under six feet or whatever it was. Um, so, but he measured higher that than he was supposed to. I don't remember how it all went down. He was an inch or two taller than people thought. Yeah. So therefore, he could be picked number one. And it was okay, and that's uh, what finally happened. Yeah, <laughs> we had later or deep in the week, at the beginning of the week, they they were throwing the misdirections out there that maybe Kyle Murray wouldn't be selected number one, but. Obviously, that didn't work out that way. Kyle Murray going to the Cardinals with Kingsbury. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't. I mean, and then I guess later, later in the draft, they finally got rid of Josh Rose. Uh, yeah, officially, officially, finally got uh, drafted. I mean, traded away Josh Rosen. So this is Kyle's Murray team for the taking. Yeah, it was interesting how it turned from uh, Clinsbury's hire to fix Josh Rosen, to make Josh Rosen an NFL quarterback, to get rid of this guy. I want my own guy in Kyler Murray. Uh, that was really interesting. They also did a kind of a segment on Cliff Kingsbury's seven-year recruitment of Kyler yes. Murray. Like yeah. he tried to recruit him to, uh, I th- was it Texas? Was he at Texas Tech at the time? Texas Whatever. Tech, yep. Back to seven years when Kyler Murray was what in middle school at the time. It would have had to been. Kingsbury was trying to get him on his team and they told the story like it was like this kind of like fulfilling this like long uh, <laughs> challenge for Kingsbury and it to me kind of felt creepy it was like yeah. it felt a little sad that like Murray's finally with them after all these years and like they made it they tried to turn this in like redemption thing and it made it, it to me it just felt so, like a little a little weird yeah which 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 of like the eight Ways that you watch the draft? Were you in the ABC, NFL, or ESPN feed? I was watching uh, ESPN. 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 Yeah. Okay. So, okay, that's interesting. Well, I mean, they had that. So, college, college game day was on ABC. They had the college game day crew on the crew on the ABC. Oh, okay. On the ABC feed, and then the regular NFL guys on the ESPN feed. And I was kind of. They said they forth. said Robin Roberts was going to be on the ABC feed, and I'm like, I don't need her. I don't need her info yeah. or what. I don't know. I just saw the. Yeah, no, exactly. Like, that's, it was that's, definitely, that's weird. Yeah, <laughs> it was definitely more, definitely more on the fluffy side. Robin Robertson's a lot of cross promo with American Idol. Yeah. Um, oh, but I, I shoot that I, that, <laughs> that too bad uh, I missed that. Yeah, it was it was a little fluff. It was a little too much, and I thought maybe that was on, on that feed, but it was on the ESPN side. It was on the ESPN so, feed. Yeah, got it. Yeah, so that was a little weird. Uh, I, I guess maybe we're bearing the lead here, Marlon. What did you think of the pink suit? Okay, the pink suit. I like the color. <laughs> What oh. got me uh, was the vest. Had that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I I don't know the technical term for it because I guess I'm just not a fashion up on the fashion, not a fashionista. Yeah, it was like kind of a U shape <laughs> instead of the traditional you know wrap over V down yeah. to V. Uh. That was kind of strange. 
Um, but I think he could. I think I think the pink. I think the pink was a good. It was a good look. Yeah, I think he. I think he gets away with it because yes. he's Kyler Murray. He's been drafted number in the first round yeah. in two sports leagues. Uh, so yeah. get away with it, but I have a feeling we're going to look back at it and, and kind of get a little chuckle out of it. Oh yeah, it's not going to age well. Yeah, that's no, uh, that's yeah. a 2019 suit, and by 2022, be like, what's going on here? Yeah, uh, yeah, it had kind of flashes of like Amari Stoudemire's suit and things in, of the past. But if you go back and look at those, those are they're huge. Like that. Yeah. anyway, this one at least was was tailored correctly, um, but not not my color. Uh, my mom, who is uh, a bit of a fashionista, I, yes. I'd say, uh, says it's the ugliest thing she's ever seen. <laughs> Uh, my mom on the record, uh, on the record with that. Uh, so you mentioned that Rosen was finally traded. Um, I don't know if you saw, he posted on, uh, on Twitter as people do these days, a little like goodbye, which it looked like it was recorded on a phone outside, uh, like on his balcony. <laughs> and it, well, so not the highest production quality, uh, but it was a really well done, well said video. Uh, if if uh, I think he posted on his official Twitter, uh, his official Twitter, <laughs> his Twitter. <laughs> uh, so it's out there. It's it's really good. He kind of thanks you know everybody and like just handled it really professionally. And then at the end, he kind of gave a little Kyler Murray. If you're looking for a two bedroom <laughs> condo, I got one here for you. Uh, can get you a good price. It, it it was pretty good. And he was just kind of like. This chapter is done, you know, on to, on to Miami. And I think Miami got him for a second or third round pick. What did it end up being? I, I, I'm blanking on, on what it was. Yeah, it was, late, either, it was either a second or third round pick. But um, but I think a good trade for Miami, right? You're getting a, a guy who was top 10 last year. And I think if he was in this draft, he'd go top 10 again. Don't you think if he was, if yeah. he, he was just coming out this year? Yeah, yeah. If he was coming out this year, he probably would have been the second quarterback overall taken. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, he would have been up there, definitely, for sure. Yeah. Uh, the funny thing about the Miami <laughs> situation yeah. is he might find himself in the same situation again next year. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, but that, well, that's that's in due time. We can continue. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. The story. yeah it's not like he's being traded to a, a, an extremely stable organization. So, yeah, that's a, that's a good point that it's not, uh, maybe not the best landing spot for him, but I think it, 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 it should be all right. For him, but you kind of bring up the second quarterback Jeep being drafted. I think that's a good segue yeah. into the, let's say, second highlight of of our pick. And I bet Giants fans would agree that they'd much rather have Josh Rosen uh, than uh, Jones, who they got a quarterback out of Duke uh, with the number six overall pick, uh, which I think is the, the surprise of the draft. Yeah, it, it was it was kind of crazy. The Gi- the Jets, the Giants' reactions. Uh, yeah, people at the stadium. Hey. I, I, you know, I feel you. I had been there before. Like, what's what's going on? <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, it turns out well for you guys. But I mean, it's kind of a head scratcher. I didn't know the kid coming out. Uh, yeah, you know, I, he's been shooting up the draft boards in the last like week mm-hmm. or like couple weeks, I just say, leading up to the draft. Um, but yeah, the Giants got a guy that looks just like Eli. Yeah, same measurables as Eli. Uh, so I think they just want to be like, they're just going to be like, no, this is Eli. And, just gonna put his his uh, jersey on him and go at it. Yeah, it's it, it was a weird pick. Uh, if so, I guess the rumors are that their uh, GM fell in love with him at the Senior Bowl, where he had three successful drives, uh, which is a little concerning. Uh, <laughs> if they thought it's just hey, so weird, hey, three three successful drives for the Giants that would get you that really get it going for them. Yeah, uh, it's just so weird. Uh, even if he is the guy that you like and the guy you want to draft, uh, uh, to pick him at number six overall 
when there are, are so many other needs for the team, and it seemed like it was possible to get him later. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, time will tell. I think I'm going to say I'm going to say that probably like 10, 15 times in, in this section, but uh, it puts a lot of pressure on on this guy. Who I think the the scouting report was he does a lot of things pretty good, but he doesn't do anything great. Which I guess is probably Eli, right? That's Eli, yes. like you said. Yes. Hey, he, he not only looks like him, like he, they tried to draft the quarterback in all of these years, who's most like Eli. He's just he's he's pretty good. <laughs> he's pretty good. He's not mobile. Okay, that's fine. It's like they, they they wanted a system quarterback for their system, even though it was just such a weird pick. And the Giants fans' reactions were were just fantastic. Just the disbelief uh, from all of them. Uh, as as it went, and I, I I can imagine if you're a Giants fan sitting here thinking, okay, let's say we take whatever defensive player uh, went next that, the, that they probably should have taken, right, or uh, an offensive lineman that I, I think that they need. Um, instead of that, they take him and then trade their second round pick for Josh Rosen. I think that puts him in a much who's <laughs> also pretty Eli esque in yeah. some ways. In yes. some ways, yep. Uh, that just seems like a much better scenario than the one they find themselves in. Yeah, Very it's gonna be, it's gonna be fantastic this year when everyone when Eli is going through whatever he's going through, and they start calling for Jones, and it's like, oh wait, we just got Eli back here again <laughs> in yeah. form. Well, and then I think they said that he could sit two or three years. Oh jeez. Which you know, anytime you can take a, somebody in the top ten who needs to sit for two or three years before they're yeah. ready great to play, pick. you got to yeah, do, do it. You got to do it. Got to got to got to get him at number six. Oh, unbelievable. Uh, all right. I, yeah. <laughs> on to another. An, an, uh, go ahead. Yeah, more you get into more fan reactions. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Raiders pick. <laughs> <laughs> that was. That, so, this, uh, you know, again, getting the John, John Gruden and now um, Madoc, who we brought on. Yeah. Uh, this is Madoc's first draft. And getting Raider fans all excited, and then they come out and go ahead and they pick. Farrell, yep. yep, out of out of Clemson, the defensive end. Uh, this was this is one of those things that I I think it's like in 2019. Everybody has the mock draft and they know who they're supposed to pick. I don't know that that Farrell's supposed to be good or bad, but like because everybody saw that he was farther down in people's mock drafts, the Raiders picking him at number uh, four was it three or four seems ridiculous um which is just funny and just this expectation that fans have based on kind of the media that they consume i I thought it was hilarious and they just were in disbelief and to me it felt a little bit like john gruden just trying to be like i'm smarter than everybody i'm i'm gonna zig when everybody's saying i'm gonna zag and doing something that might not be the smartest Again, yeah, time will tell. It, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, the story goes: I, I heard the talking on one of the broadcasts. Like Madoc went to the national championship game, and uh, <laughs> I think it's like the majority of the players drafted are either Alabama or Clemson. He, like, yeah. So like Madoc is like, I'm going to go to this one game, and that's going to be yeah, my draft. That's going to be my scouting. <laughs> that's my scouting. Scouted it. Uh, and I think if I if I remember correctly, he had, I mean Clemson's defense was fantastic in that yes. game, so so it very well could have been that uh, he was leading the way. But it, it seemed uh, like a reach, and it seemed like the you know the Mel Kuypers of the world. Who, by the way, my God, he was, he's treated like a king on this Mel, weekend. Yeah, Mel Kuyper is the draft. He has become the draft. You know, they introduce everybody no else. Like here's you know so and so here, so and so, and here is Mel Kuyper Junior. <laughs> it's like whoa. <laughs> 
Everybody, take it easy. It's so funny. Uh, anyway, Raiders fans. And then, so, not only that, they had, what, two other first-round picks at the... Uh, yeah, in, three, ter- three the, first-round picks. Three first-round picks. Um, and they come away with uh, Cullen Farrell, who we talked about. Uh, Josh Jacobs, is that the one that they got from the, the Bears? Yes. The, the 24... And uh, so running back out of Alabama... And then uh, Jonathan Abrams hit the out of Mississippi State. So I don't know if you, when you're coming in with uh, three first round picks, uh, it doesn't it doesn't feel like the haul that that you should have got. Although I'll say uh, a similar thing about the Packers here in a little bit. Uh, but just seeing that fan reaction was and the announcer's reaction. The announcer's reaction was great. Yes, they announce it and then the announce announcers just start laughing. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you got to be kidding me. Uh, I think they were like the fans and and us at home. They were just surprised, and it turned into laughter by by them. Which, as analysts, maybe maybe not the route you want to take, uh, and as fans, not what you want to hear. So that was great. Uh, so we crapped on some some drafts, Marlo, and uh, I guess I want to do a little shout out to a, a draft that I thought they did well. Before the draft, okay. there was lots of rumors that uh, Daniel Slater was coming down from the owner's box. And he was taken over the draft, and that was everybody's expecting kind of chaos and randomness, maybe a little bit like the Raiders draft. Um, but I think they had a pretty good draft. They got Dwayne Haskins, quarterback yeah. out of Ohio State. Uh, Sweat, the defensive lineman out of Mississippi State, who uh, was supposed to, or Ole Mississippi State, pretty sure. Uh, I don't have it in front of me. Going off memory. Uh, <laughs> who was supposed to, like, draft, was figured to dra- be drafted higher, but he had some sort of heart condition that may have been misdiagnosed so he may not have it so that might end up being a steal and then they ended up taking uh, Bryce Love later in the fourth round um, who uh, I've just always liked rooting for Bryce Love obviously he's coming off an ACL surgery we'll see if he'll be the same but it seemed like a pretty reasonable um, draft and again if you're a Giants fan <laughs> would you rather have Haskins or Jones I think you'd rather have Haskins I think if I was drafting I would rather have Haskins uh, I liked Haskins uh, maybe even a little bit more than Kyler Murray but um, I liked him as, as uh, a kind of a pocket passer. I think he can make the throws to be at the next level. So I like that for the yeah. Redskins. Yeah, I think because uh, I think Haskins is a quarterback. So Kyle Murray, great, great quarterback, has to be in the right system. Dwayne Haskins, good quarterback, can yeah. probably make it work in multiple systems. Right. That's kind of how I I, I look at it. He's just yeah. kind of a better you know overall quarterback. I think that's a really good quarterback uh, for eighteen to get, but. To have him, you know, kind of Washington, who has a very good track record of not getting things right. Yeah. Um, just like you said, seemed to come through on paper on draft day. As we yeah. were, not, we're not overreacting. No overreactions here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Had a had um, <laughs> you know a, a pretty decent hauls with the with Dwayne Haskins being the chair yeah. on the top of that. So did you did you see Dwayne Haskins uh, draft day party? I did. Bowling Alley in Maryland, fantastic. Yeah. A lot of bowling alleys. There were there were quite a few bowling alleys. Uh, he, uh, he 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 charged a cover charge. Oh, did he to get? It. Well, there was a cover charge to get in. I don't know if he charged it per se. Yeah, but. Well, I guess it's, that'd be, <laughs> fantastic. It's on, it'd be on brand. Fantastic. For Ohio State. So. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh shit! I get money for this now. <laughs> uh. All right, so NFL draft we mentioned was all over. Uh, actually, it, it was really impressive the crowds that uh, were there. Unfortunately, I mean, yeah, well, crazy. we didn't make it. We didn't no. make it. Uh, not so, this time. Yeah. So when it came on uh, on you know 
it came out on Friday. I, I thought it was well going back. I thought it was awesome when they decided to start traveling and then having it in Chicago the first two years was was really fun. Yeah. So obviously every city has been trying to outdo each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and the scene from Nashville, yeah, down Broadway Street, just seemed crazy. And I thought to myself, and I had an old man thought, I'm like, well, I am kind of glad I didn't go because I think I'd just be annoyed. Yeah, it's too many people. Yeah, it's nice. too many people, elbow to elbow, like for as long as the eye can see. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what's going on here. It seems like a, I don't know. It seems like a strange thing to go to. Because your team, like you're there for a day, and your team, yeah. if you're the Raiders, you have three picks, right? right. That's yeah. the most. If you're the Packers, you have two. The Bears, I mean, I, I there probably weren't Bears fans, right? Because yeah. <laughs> no. they did, didn't have a draft. It's so weird. And you're just like sitting around talking to other Packers fans and drinking. I don't know. I can do that here. Right. <laughs> I, don't to, yeah. I don't need to go there. I guess I can't boo Roger Goodell. I can't, but it's, it's less effective than uh, booing him there. Yeah. And I love how he brings out, you know, Legends of the teams and country stars and things to yeah, try, try to and, be shield. Try to be yeah. shield. You can't boo these from the booze. Put some kids out there. You can't. Boo. <laughs> yeah, you can't boo the Make a Wish kids. That's for certain. Uh, so Roger's hiding behind them. What a hero! Uh, but <laughs> so there were lots of people down there, Marlo, and it. Uh, I hate to say, it ruined some bachelorette parties. I don't know if you saw this. Internet, go out on the internet. Go out and look at it if you haven't. Uh, there was some reporting by some local news of some uh, a not too happy bachelorette party. Yeah, well, I, that was kind of my first thought when I saw the crowds. I was like, "How many bachelorette parties go down there and just had no clue?" And they get there mm-hmm. and they're just like, "Oh no!" Because you know, down Broadway there, that's you know, the strip with all the bars, right? And, whatnot, and I'm sure they probably had a cover to get in. Um, <laughs> yeah, and just yeah, I just just had no clue, and all of a sudden you're just in the middle of like football football craziness yeah yeah there there was the interview was uh it was unclear who was the bride because one of them had a bride t-shirt on but she didn't seem like the bride i don't know (laughs) it was all very confusing um and they were none too happy and pretty much said that the uh groom to be was never gonna watch football ever again (laughs) and so not only did they ruin their bachelorette party but presumably a uh what could have been a happy marriage (laughs) (laughs) otherwise Now he can't watch football. My God. Way to go, Uh, Goodell. Ruining ruining marriages before they start. But I mean, so I I guess you you wouldn't expect... I I was trying to kind of think, like, should they have expected something to be like this? But you would never expect something on this scale to be there if you had wouldn't even think of it right so, so yeah this is kind of it's like the perfect storm right like nashville's just exploded it as being like a bachelorette de- destination in yeah. probably the last i don't know you say three four years um and sure yeah well yeah uh, <laughs> say three four get this get the stat department on it yeah yeah um but just you know having and then what at in what realm would you be like okay we're going to nashville because that's what we do and mm-hmm. like check the nfl draft to see if it's there yeah you yeah. know and then on top of it, it's like, I feel like if if that was in my situation and like you know my bride to be was like, oh, I'm going to Nashville to the bachelorette party, I wouldn't even think to cross check it with her with her to be like, is that the weekend the draft is going? Oh on? yeah, until like yeah. Oh, until like week of maybe, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. the draft is this weekend. You're gonna be there. Yeah. Have fun. Yeah. Good luck. Stay away from the street that the one tour, the main tourist street where all the bars are. Watch out for that. Yeah. Tough. Tough for them. Tough for that guy. Uh, we wish them uh, maybe a warning sign, maybe yeah. good luck in your marriage. We'll see. Um, all right, let's take it a little more local, Marlo. Uh, and I guess we'll start with the, with the Bears draft or maybe lack of draft. 
Yeah, Bears. Well, yeah, I knew going into this, we were going to have a draft pick into the third round, mm-hmm. which in this, the way the format is, is late Friday night. All right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I was kind of kind of sitting back uh, waiting for the pick. And then when it came time, Ryan Pace, who is now addicted to, to drafting, uh, I mean, to moving up in a draft to get mm-hmm. players, uh, moves up and gets a running back, which... At the time, it kind of seems like a head scratcher as yeah. we picked up a free, we, you know, trade away Howard. Yeah. Not a good fit for the system. Understand. Pick up a free agent, then move up to get another running back. But I guess it's the NFL and you can't have too many uh, offensive weapons uh, yeah. for, for Matt Nagy. So that's what I've, that's, as a fan, that's what I've talked myself this whole draft into. Yep. As we pull in two running backs, a wide receiver, and uh, uh, two defensive backs um, in, the, in this hall. So I stockpiling weapons, shoring up a D. You know, I mean, most of them are later picks, so it's kind of you're, you're really taking a flyer and just hoping mm-hmm. hoping it actually works out. And if it does, that's just you know that's gravy. But it really comes down to this was we we drafted Cleo Mack this year, so yeah, well, that, that last out. year, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, the the pick you gave up was I think a lot for Cleo Mack was a lot uh, higher higher in the whatever a higher number pick yeah. than I think the Bears or uh, Raiders were thinking when they made that that yep. trade, um, and. Yeah, so you you still have Cleo Mack. I think I I couldn't find the tweet. I wanted to have it available uh, to be able to bring it up, but there's somewhere there you can kind of look at the when the dust settled. Now that the dust has settled of the Cleo Mack trade uh, and what the the Bears gave up in actual players instead of just picks, and it's pretty one sided for the Bears. I'd have to say, Um, you know, and and then the Raiders had to go. It's hard to get a good pass rusher, so the Raiders had to pick Farrell number four overall. Ridiculous. Uh, anyway, so yeah, that was the the big part of of the Bears draft. I think is that you still have Khalil Mack, right? Yep. So yeah, absolutely. So yeah, we'll see. I mean, obviously, this is all we'll see. I don't, I don't know what you're taking yeah, on, on the Packers, but it, it's kind of all yeah, we see. Like yeah. Riley Riley Ridley, he's the brother or he's a brother or cousin of yeah, uh, you know Ridley in Atlanta. Uh, yep. So good genes. Yeah, there you go. Genes there. <laughs> there you go. I did. I did uh, dislike that pick. Uh, I thought that uh, Ridley was a pretty good uh, wide receiver for for Georgia. Um, so that pick and a couple other ones like you know you know you're you're watching and you're kind of listening for the Packers picks and listening for you know the other team's division and that was one that I went ooh I wish they would again I don't only know the position player or the. <laughs> Wide receivers, running backs, quarterbacks. That's about all I know. So it's like they pick an offensive lineman. He could be the best offensive lineman ever. I would, I really wouldn't know unless he played for Wisconsin. So, right, yeah. Uh, or see yeah. that highlight package of the old linemen making oh. making blocks. Those are fantastic. Alignment oh. highlights are the best. Uh, look at this thing not happen. It's fantastic. <laughs> wow, the the running back really ran well because of yeah. the hole. I guess yeah. maybe I, I, I'm not I guess sure. He sealed that block off well. <laughs> yeah. He's in frame yeah. for half a second. Yeah, yeah. quarterback good. didn't get sacked. All right, yeah, it's close to great highlights. Uh, all right, um, out of the Packers, Marlo. Uh, so watching the Packers draft, we have the 12th pick and 29th or 30th. Can't remember now. They traded up in the latter part of the first round, and I felt like this draft, at least in the first. Two to three rounds. It was like my fantasy drafts, right? I have somebody circled that I want to get, and the person in front of me picks them. Ugh. Or the person, two people in front of me picks them, and then I have to scramble and go, crap, I'm on the clock now. And uh, granted, you don't really have a clock in. Do we have a clock in our fantasy? We do have league? a clock in fantasy football. Okay, well, I, I panic regardless if there was a clock or not. And then everything I've kind of, my strategies, anything has gone out the window. I felt a little like, 
a little bit like that happened to the Packers. I'm sure they had a strategy, but just from my fandom watching it, that's how I felt. Um, so with the Raiders doing the weird pick, the Giants picking a quarterback, a couple defensive players and an offensive tackle were falling to the Packers, and I was like, I'll take any of these guys. And then two of them got snapped up beforehand. They ended up maybe reaching for Rashawn Gary, linebacker out of Michigan, maybe let's call him an edge. Edge yeah, out of Michigan. Yeah. Um, has... All the talent in the world, but really, and and the measurables and all of those things, but you kind of look at its college production and you go, E, where was this guy? Now, I've, so to be fair, I was listening to some of this draft on uh, Packers Radio, essentially, <laughs> so it was very one-sided. It was very much like we have to believe in the team. We have to, like, trust that they know what they're doing, which was kind of strange uh, to listen to. Um, and then, so I've heard kind of both ways. Some people in Packer world really like this pick. Some people really don't like it. Obviously, I'm going to wait and see, uh, like a real professional. Uh, he can be really good, but the kind of question is the motor uh, that's there. So that's kind of one of those things you have to see. Word is that Michigan, he would get double teamed a lot at Michigan, and that allowed other players to uh, be able to make plays and whatnot. Michigan just did said, that's fine. This is apparently was our defense strategy. We'll let them take this guy away with a double team. We're not going to try and scheme to get him to make plays. So that's the theory of why his production wasn't as high as it could have been. I think it was, what, nine, nine and a half sacks in a career. That's not great for a edge rusher that you project to be on, uh, you know, be able to rush the passer on the next level. Uh, but we'll see. And then the safety, they traded up to get the safety, which seemed weird. Because uh, he was, I think, right around the mid fifties as far as if you trust, you know, the mock drafts and where people had him ranked, and they traded up to get him at twenty one. But the uh, GM uh, essentially came out and said, "I can guarantee you, he wouldn't have been there at 30. Mm. So there must have been other interests from, I think it was Denver who wanted a safety or somebody uh, that they specifically called out to say that. So uh, he sounds like a, a, a ball hawking. Uh, safety. So I guess uh, what's the guy we got from the Bears? Amos. What's his name? Doesn't matter. The <laughs> guy we just signed from the Bears. Yeah, you know what I'm talking I about. Know everybody. Talking about. He's going to be the kind of in the box, uh, more physical uh, safety, and then Savage, which great name by the way. Yeah, fantastic uh, name. Will be kind of the ball hockey and playing off the line, making up uh, for you know kind of misplays and that sort of thing. And hey, he had a really cool highlight package. Uh, especially in the game when Maryland beat Ohio State this year. People forget that that happened. Uh, other than that, now that was that was the first round. Second round, drafted a guard, uh, Jenkins out of Mississippi State. Great highlight package there. Um, but solidifying that line and then moving on, they drafted tight end, defensive line, other, other players they drafted. If you would have sat down and I looked at kind of the positions they drafted, I'm fine with the positions they drafted. I like, you know, focusing on the defense, get, getting some depth in the offensive line, and it sounds like Jenkins might even have a chance to start um, the guard out of Mississippi State. They got a tight end out of Texas A&M, um, and, then, and then some defensive depth there. Um, I would have maybe liked a wide receiver, maybe a little bit more playmaking in the offensive end. Um, but, the again, listening to Packer, Homer Radio, um, they're thinking that the scheme that Lafleur is going to bring in is really going to help these receivers they already have take that next step. So that's the theory on why we didn't take a wide receiver. Um, but again, there were other people I was like, I like that guy. <laughs> like I really wanted uh, Bush from Michigan to fall. He got picked two spots ahead. 
and then I really wanted the other tight end out of Iowa, which we'll talk about in a second, um, Font or Faint to fall because apparently he was supposed to be a first round pick and he was pick, the pick ahead of uh, where they took Savage. So, um, so it's just another the positions I'm happy with. Another, another tight end that Aaron Rodgers won't throw to. Hey, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, more or less. Yeah. More or less. We'll see. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't know. We'll, obviously, we'll see on all these things. I, I try not to put too much stock into it, uh, kind of the immediate aftermath. Um, I, the Packers added a lot of speed and depth to their defense between last year and this year through free agency. Through this, they definitely saw, hey, our defense is not an NFL-level defense. We need to f- do some things. And I think they've I think they've done that and addressed that. Um the offensive side of football you kind of look at and go that could have used some improvement but maybe scheme and just having a healthy Aaron Rodgers will be will be enough who knows all right that took a lot longer than I thought <laughs> well they got the I, yeah I just kept going I didn't I didn't breakdown of Packers I literally just wrote Packers on the sheet of paper and I, I went off all that I didn't think I was gonna all right <laughs> So as we talked about the melting on, on an uh, off-campus Marlowe, uh, let's talk about the Badgers uh, that were drafted yeah. uh, here over the weekend. There were uh, four of them, five of them, five. four of them, four, four of them no, that no, were drafted. Four, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Dieter, the offensive lineman to the Dolphins, Conley uh, to the Giants, Van Ginkle to the Dolphins, and then Edwards uh, to the Rams. Uh, there are one, two, three, four, five that are uh Invited to minicamps, what is uh, undrafted free agents? Yep. Uh, in gold to the Raiders, Edwards to the Eagles, uh, Bo Benchwell. Benchwell? How do you say it? Anyway, Bo. <laughs> Bo. <laughs> the lines. I really wanted the Packers, uh, who I still think could use some help on the uh, offensive line to uh, get Bo into camp, uh, but they didn't. The uh, Lions did. Dakota Dixon is listed with a couple teams, so we'll see. What, yeah. Yeah. And then Chris James to your Chicago Bears. Yeah, for a mini-camp tryout. So, uh, you know, I knew the linemen were going to get drafted. Obviously, it was a heavy draft for, for Wisconsin linemen, and we had good. Yeah. Uh, I was kind of surprised, you know, we had Dieter in the third round, which is about where his grade was at, that second, late second, yeah. third. Uh, but kind of surprised it's, it waited all the way to the fifth for the rest for, you know, to have a run on, on three other, or one, well, to have the, our linebackers in another O-line uh, yeah. taken. And then I'm... I guess I'm, I mean I guess I didn't go I didn't go too into you know what was TJ Edwards grade coming out mm-hmm. but obviously watching him I thought he was a fantastic player seemed to have yeah. the, a knack for the ball um but for him to go undrafted I I thought that was surprising as well and I think I feel like of this crop of people uh these badgers I feel like he mm-hmm. might have a chance to actually make a name for himself in in Philly as an undrafted free agent Yeah I think if you just look at uh, granted, not all you know players are the same that come out of a system, right? But if you look at the linebackers that Wisconsin has been putting into the NFL, you know TJ Watt most recently, that at least off the top of my head, um, that are making impacts on teams. Uh, it was a little surprising to see um, them go as low or not at all yeah. as they did. Uh, so, so I I definitely agree with that. Um, I was a little surprised. Ingold didn't get drafted. A fullback not from Wisconsin got drafted. And yeah, that's crazy. Ingold didn't. <laughs> That was that was a bit surprising, uh, and I was surprised that Bo uh, didn't get drafted. Just uh, somebody taking uh, taking a flyer on him, um, but yeah. So four Badgers drafted, not not a bad haul. Uh, four Wisconsin. Um, there were a couple Big Ten teams that uh, did not have players drafted. 
So I'm going to give a big old take that to Purdue and Nebraska, who did not have players drafted uh, in this year's NFL draft. Purdue for the first time since 1997, uh, and Nebraska for the first time since 1963. Um, that's crazy. That's crazy. Take that, Purdue. <laughs> take that, Nebraska. Yeah. That is, it is it is kind of crazy. I mean, of all the – there's so many draft picks. You would think you'd get one. I, it, I mean, you know, it's kind of hard when you have a 4-8 season or whatever they had uh, for Nebraska. Mm-hmm. You're like, well, we got players. But I think – and they're also a young team. But I think Purdue yeah. – I think it's more – it's kind of a little, little surprising for Purdue. Again, I think they're young as well. But uh, not to have, you know, at least one player taken out, it's kind of tough. It's a tough right. look. It's a hard recruit. Yeah. Yeah, even uh, well, I think this is just kind of like a, a nail in the uh, legacy of Mike Riley's time at Nebraska, right? <laughs> like just what what a couple years that was, and kind of not. There's lots of things I guess to point at, right? Yeah. <laughs> of of how unsuccessful that was, but this is is one one of them. Uh, I get other elsewhere on campus. Iowa apparently had the two best tight ends in the country, Marlo. I had no idea. Yeah, <laughs> no Iowa idea. is Iowa is tight in you, tight in you. Great tradition. Nice. Well, yeah, just have top yeah. top talent coming out of tight end being drafted all over. Yeah. But uh, I think 8 and 20, something like that. I know the second one was Font was 20. Um, the other one, I think, went to he went to the Lions. And that was another one. Like, I don't want to root against this guy. Lions like drafting tight ends, though, high in the draft. <laughs> so Any uh, any other, uh, I guess, Badger or NFL draft? Uh, Trace McSorley was drafted. By the oh. Ravens, of all mm. teams, who actually think they're going to use him as a weapon. So I thought that was well. I thought it was interesting. Trey was sorely what got drafted as a quarterback um, in general. He was, mm-hmm. you know, wanted, he wanted to be a quarterback. Didn't want to switch positions. Uh, so they get drafted with that. Obviously, they have Lamar Jackson, um, and so they have yeah. two athletic quarterbacks. I got he'll fit in that system. Yeah, right? Fit into that. So that I, I thought, we don't really we don't really have a quarterback system. Exactly. Getting rid of Flacco. Um, so that should be interesting. I thought that was interesting to note. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah, that's all I have. He was also okay. All right, let's go on to uh, the big leagues, Marlon. We'll start with ugh, the NBA. Yeah. All right. Bucks today lost the uh, series opener, to like a thousand to to ninety something like that. I don't know. It was, it was what one twelve ninety something like that. Uh, not a great game by the Bucks. First, before we go there, I just want to uh, make a note that the Bucks did win their first playoff series over the Pistons for the first time since 2001, which is crazy. <laughs> that is crazy long. That is that is the case. Um, so 18, 17, 18 years of not winning a playoff series is is in the dust. I believe, at least in the graphic that I saw, that was the longest streak. So uh, we did that, but then we lost the first. Home game opener uh, to <clears> the <throat> Celtics. Uh, although, Marlo, maybe this is an omen and history is actually on the Bucks side. The last road teams, last one, two, three, four, four road teams before this to win, to lose game one by 15 or more points at home, all went on to win that series. So history is on our side. There we go. <laughs> there you the, go. There's a spin zone we need to yeah, see. Yeah. <laughs> how far did, how far first did you get the dig to, to get that one to make you feel better? Hey, it was it popped up on my Twitter okay. and I said, this is fantastic. I'm going to use this right. uh, to help me make me feel better. But other than that, 
nothing about this game made me feel good. The Bucks were out schemed, out toughed, out played. Yeah. Uh, the Celtics came out and basically said, "Giannis isn't going to beat us. Nope. We're going to send two, three guys at him every play." They played. Horford was amazing on defense this game. They let uh, the Celtics be a bit more aggressive and in defense than I think. It's basketball, right? It's yeah. it's another level of aggressiveness. It's another level of uh, strength and contact, and it's officiated that way. And the Bucks, the Celtics were ready for it. The Bucks were not. Uh, Giannis was not. And there were a lot of plays where I thought that could be a foul on Horford, and yeah. then if Horford's in foul trouble, it's a whole other world, a uh, whole other game, and that didn't go that way. And if they, if it's going to be officiated that way this whole series, I'm not blaming the referees, uh, although I want to. I'm just... That's the way that it's officiated, and the Bucks need to adjust. Um, that said, it felt like there was a lot of plays where Giannis was being doubled or tripled, and he kicked it out to a Bledsoe or to a Connaughton or somebody for uh, um, Lopez for an open three, and they just missed it. Uh, yeah. And whereas the Celtics ran uh, you know, a pretty efficient offense, I would say, um, and ended up with a Horford three that he would make or ended up with a, a, a Jalen Brown three that, that they would make. So, again, you, if you make shots, you're going to win the game, right? Yeah, I'm it's an easy game. It's an easy game. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not breaking that down. But it, the quality of shots I don't think were drastically different. Right. Uh, and Boston shot 42% from three while the Bucks shot 33. Um, so looking forward, obviously this is a, a tough blow uh, for the Bucks. They've been such a good home team. Uh, throughout the season, and the Celtics have been a relatively, uh, I guess, I'd say, up and down. They haven't been a, str- a strong road team by any stretch of the imagination. So losing the first game at home is is a tough blow. Um, I, I'm hopeful the Bucks can can make some adjustments. I don't particularly know what that is. It's you know being aware that Giannis isn't going to be able to do all the things he could have done in the regular season or against Detroit and. I, I don't know if it's just as simple as you know making sure that you have the right shooters in the right spots to make those threes on his uh, drives and penetrations. Um, yeah, it, no, because we have because if you look at the three pointers, right? We shot thirty nine three pointers, which is a lot. Uh, Connaughton shot seven of those. Ilyasova shot three of those. Uh, that's not great. Um, Giannis went three for five, which was amazing. Those, but those aren't the guys you want shooting the three pointers. Um, you want your your Chris Middleton's and Brook Lopez's, who did go one for four. Um, again, I'm pluralizing the names. I don't know why I do this. Uh, so, I don't. And really, I want Brogdon back. If we can get Brogdon back and playing, um, that would be that would be a huge help. I. When the game ended, I saw the stat that I, that I put out saying, you know, it's not all lost. It's not all lost, but I went from like a, a slight edge leaning to Bucks to almost, I don't want to say I've lost hope because that's not true, but like I'm extremely nervous, obviously. And for the first time since November, I have real doubt about this Bucks squad. Yeah, I, okay. So, Casey, I think you can, uh, let's, let's calm it down a little bit. I think it's this was a game where Boston played really well and the Bucks did not play up to their level, but I don't think it was because Boston put them in that situation, right? I think it was just kind of a, like you said a down game on the shooting side. It's they Boston had a good uh 
good game plan to put pressure mm-hmm. on Giannis and like really make him work for everything, and everyone else has to beat us. And you know, I I, I truly think that Giannis can come above that uh, game two and beyond. I feel like Hartford, like this is the t- yeah, this type like you said, the tough physical games is like when he shines. So he just yeah. comes out of nowhere, and it's like, oh, that's because you can play like old man basketball now, and just yep. kind of throw your body around and have a shot here and there. So I don't see. I feel like watching the first game, it was uh, anomaly. We'll see on game two, but mm-hmm. again, I think the Boston played above their level. Milwaukee played below, and it wasn't necessarily because Boston, you know, put the defensive pressure or anything on that. But so we'll see. I, I still, I will take the faith in it that. Uh, Milwaukee will still come out and win this series. And regardless, whoever wins this series in my book is going to the NBA Finals from the East. Yeah, well, I we can talk about that in, in a little bit here, but it just kind of shining a light on, on some of the performances by role players. Yeah. Rick Lopez, one for five. Eric Bledsoe, like I mentioned, he was invisible today, yeah. one for five. Uh, Shannon Brown, uh, Shannon Brown, Sterling Brown, <laughs> one, for, <laughs> one for seven. Uh, Connaughton two for ten, and his seven of those ten were three pointers, which is not not his game. He's a, a an energy off the bench. So just the Bucks didn't play like themselves, and I I'm I guess part of me just wants to chalk this up to they weren't ready for this game. Like mm. uh, emo- I don't know emotionally or like competitively, they weren't ready to kick it up a notch. Yeah, uh, and, and Boston was, and hopefully that will. Hopefully that's true, right? <laughs> and that that that, that can change because that's just that's just a, a mentality thing. That's just a, an effort thing yep. um, that will hopefully, especially in the first half when they went down uh, 15 points in the first half, like they just seemed like too relaxed for the stage. Yeah. Uh, in the second half, it seemed like they were straining and struggling uh, for sure when they went down uh, for good um, at that point. But in the first half, it just seemed like they weren't weren't ready to play kind of conference semifinal level basketball which is a weird thing it's a conference semifinal name of conference it's just weird terminology all right uh so that's the bucks uh there um next game is i don't know who cares i don't want i don't want to think about it right now sometime, uh, this week. sometime this week uh other series marlos uh you talked about on uh the east they play on tuesday that's what i thought tuesday the 30th yep <clears throat> and that one won't be at noon, thank God. What a weird start time. Um, all right, other series. You said that uh, you picked the winner of this series to come out of the East. I doubt that a little bit after Toronto put on quite a performance against Philadelphia, uh, most importantly Kawhi having uh, one heck of a game. He scored 45, 46 points, uh, played uh, really well, kind of the level that I forgot he could get to. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. he he. I think for the first, because you would see this in the regular season, he would have good games, um, but then he, you know, wouldn't play the next in the next game to manage the workload. So maybe uh, that's still to come to see if if that kind of if he can reach this level every game because we haven't seen it yet in Toronto. But I just thought he was so impressive, and uh, unless somebody on the Sixers or maybe maybe multiples players on the Sixers of Embiid, Simmons, uh, your boy Butler. Uh, if if some of them can rise to that level, because they obviously didn't in game one. Yeah, no, I, I don't think they will be. I, I <laughs> again, I don't think Philadelphia is the team that everyone thinks they are. Like I've said multiple times, they just can't put it together. Toronto, are they a good yeah. team? Yeah, Kawhi is a very good player, uh, very good player. But yep. I don't, I just don't feel like they're at the level that the Bucks and, and Boston are. 
Um, so, it, it, I mean, you know, no overreaction, no overreaction to game one or anything or looking ahead to the conference finals, but I just feel the matchup between either of these teams versus either of the other teams is just no. Yeah. There's not really – I don't think it will be that good of a series. I think these series are, are going to be it. Um, but as far as Toronto and Philly specifically – uh, I yeah, I think I think it's gonna be a short series. Uh, overreacting to game one, <laughs> being, yeah. being like a five, you know, five four five game series going uh, Toronto's way. Yeah, I, I, it's hard to argue otherwise. Like I, I said, I think Embiid has to. I think it has to be Embiid that steps yeah. up. I just don't see Ben Simmons. He was seven for eight in this game. He had, you know, in the teens and points, but he's he just doesn't have it you know he just doesn't like he doesn't want to take the game by the throat and win it i think Embiid can do that um but when it sometimes when he tries to do that he throws the game or you know he doesn't have the the performance that he needs but it's going to take like the Embiid versus the bucks where he scored you know in the when him and uh Giannis were going back and forth both scored in the 40s like he needs that kind of performance for philadelphia even have a chance which is crazy because toronto is quiet and i think Kawhi's. I kind of joked about his consistency with his rest, but I think he's going to be there. And they have so many role players and uh, on that on that team, uh, other players to kind kind of step up. You know, Gasol's almost a, if you have Marcus Gasol kind of coming off the bench <laughs> as your center. You know, you're you're a pretty deep team, and they've they've been a deep team for years. It's just you know now instead of DeRozan, nothing against DeRozan, but not Kawhi's another level of NBA player. So um, I agree that. I, I'm worried it'll be short because then Toronto gets all the rest and Kawhi gets all the rest he needs. Yeah. Uh, load if Yeah, load managing there. Um, all right, on to the next series, I guess. Let's go with the one that uh, was played today, uh, Golden State Houston. And I guess before we get into this, <clears throat> at the end of uh, the Golden State uh, Clippers series, that was a what, game six game? Game six, yeah. Um, Game six game. There was a there's a really neat interview. Again, it's on the internet, and I'm going to explain a little bit of it to you as I like to explain things that happen on the internet. Uh, but it was a, an interview, and uh, I can't remember the the reporter's name. It was she was from uh, ESPN, but she just kind of asked like it was Lou Will- doesn't matter Lou Williams and another Clippers player, and she asked you know what else they could have done to guard Kevin Durant because yeah, Kevin, Kevin Durant, Durant dropped 50, 50 went off in the, yeah. in the closing game. Yeah, um, and they basically like laughed and said, "and said uh, we tried, <laughs> we tried, we tried really hard." And it, it it was much different though. It while well, they laughed, and that was it wasn't in necessarily a disrespectful way, in like a Russell Westbrook like next question kind of way. It was like, a, "Okay, let's answer this." And they went on to say, "Like these are some of the things we did." Kevin Durant's just freaking Kevin Durant, and we literally couldn't do anything to stop him tonight. And we tried all these things. It was just a really interesting interview because it was, in some regards, a ridiculous question, right? Yes, like, yeah. what else can you do to stop Kevin Durant? But they also kind of like then explained the things they tried, yeah. and like then also just kind of like we freaking couldn't do anything. It was just really interesting. I don't know, uh, and kind of it's contrast to uh, the saltiness that we often see in these kind of lose losing team interviews. Um, Maybe that I guess now that I said it, part of it is probably because the Clippers are just happy to be there, right? Yeah, <laughs> probably. Probably surprised they got to game. Yeah, six. they got two. They got two road game wins. 
Um, but it's it's uh yeah, I mean, it's just a silly question. Like how what what are you gonna do to stop Kevin Durant? Like one of the best players in the game right now. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Let's I don't know. Let's throw a tree out there in front of the in front of the hoop. Maybe you can't yeah. see it. Like what do you <laughs> what do you want us to say? Yeah. I I always I've always been of the ilk like it's usually doesn't turn out well when you interview players right after a game, especially after an emotional yeah. one like a a series loss. Um, so what what are you really gonna gain from any of that questioning? Yeah, I I, I don't know. It, I guess you you get this once in a while right where it's actually interesting or you get you know kevin durant the other week where he just like went off yeah that and in again a really interesting way but like 90 percent of the time it's next question or saying a bunch of words but not really you know saying anything which i guess some people would say that's what our podcast is Uh, I'm not yeah, saying I that. I don't say that. Some, some, people like some that. people might say that. All right. So then I guess as I watched Golden State Houston uh, today, uh, Golden State ended up winning uh, that game. They kind of uh, was a three-point game down the stretch. And then there was a technical foul. It was a really weird, a really weird ending there. Uh, nobody in this game was happy with the, with the officiating. Yeah. And uh, that's going to kind of. Your type of game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, <laughs> well, I never explained about the reference. Uh, so I guess that'll be part of uh, a question I ask here. But I just kind of had a, a, I was watching as I was preparing for the podcast. So it's just kind of like a list of thoughts I had while I was watching this game. So I don't know if this is going to be good or not, or just kind of random. Maybe this is a little looking at what it's like watching a basketball game with me. But I, I guess the first, I was watching Iguodala make plays, and I was just kind of thinking through Iguodala's career arc. And I, I was trying to think if there was a comparison for this and just kind of how interesting it was. So he was the man, right, in, in, man in, Philly. in Philadelphia. He was he he was the best player on the team. They obviously reached a certain ceiling. Then he went to uh, Golden State, but it was before they were Golden State. And now he's like this crucial glue guy, X-Factor. I know there are different things, but I don't know what you, exactly when he is. But he's this crucial like role player for this other team and i was trying to remember a player who's done that and that but it's not in like a i'm going to this team chasing rings kind of way like well, a, he was chased out a, of philly it was chased out of philly yeah to go there but now he's like he has a finals mvp yeah. he's won you know multiple titles as this kind of role role player and it's just such a like a, a weird interesting career arc and i couldn't really think like the, the best thing i think of was dennis radman but he wasn't like the guy in detroit right, right before he went to the bulls but then, but he was somebody I thought of that went to a different team and was kind of this like really incremental glue guy. So if I guess if anybody else has that, I don't, Marlo, I don't know if you I don't, have anybody. I don't have a comp off the top of my head, uh, but I do think it's yeah, it's very interesting how he was the you know the name, the face of Philly for so long, um, and then he was like I said, he was run out because they didn't think he could kind of put him over up, and then he's been on this run with. With Golden State winning a Finals MVP, um, yeah, being and it's, a valuable player to a to a championship team. Yeah, and it's weird because I when he went there, it wasn't like they were on the ascendancy. Maybe they were, but like they weren't what they are now, no, obviously. Yeah. And it's just like, and then his career just seems his career seems like so long because he he, he, he has this whole second phase. And normally, when you think of people who kind of are the all star, you know first second team all nba like he he was uh they don't have this long of a tail of being 
contributors to teams. Right. It's it, it's just it's felt like a strange. Um, I don't know. I was, so that was the first thing I was thinking about. The second thing, Eric Gordon, still in the league. He was the second best player for the Rockets. And it seems like forever ago that he was like this highly touted recruit coming out of Indiana. And to think, again, the kind of, of his career arc that he's still in the NBA. And I guess maybe the NBA has kind of geared itself more towards him. The way that the game is played has kind of lent itself to Eric Gordon, but he's still around, which I thought was was crazy because it feels like we were in school when I, he was yeah, playing I, in Indiana. Yeah, I feel like I say this every time I see a Houston game and Eric Gordon's in there. I'm like, oh, yeah, he's still playing. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I I think we both were, we just remember that one year he's at Indiana. Then he, like, he yeah. spited Illinois uh, to come to Indiana. I, something like that nature. I can't remember. But, yeah. Yeah, and it was... And then he was highly talented, and, was, and then he kind of went off in the youther, never to be heard of. Yeah. And now he's like, yeah, he's a lottery pick to a bust, yeah. and now maybe he wasn't a bust, but like he wasn't, he wasn't a lottery. What people thought he 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 would be, yeah. and now he's an efficient NBA player. It's it, again an, another interesting career. Arc. Yeah. Uh, next is OKC fans. I thought about OKC fans while I was watching this game, and so watching James Harden and Kevin Durant. I mean, that's essentially what this game down game came down to. Uh, give or take a uh, Curry three-pointer. Um, but they're at home sitting on their couch. Probably not watching basketball. Probably. Uh, but you're you're sitting there with Russell Westbrook, who, I mean, I love watching Russell Westbrook. Nothing against him, but you're watching these two other teams who are reaching higher heights than you, yep. uh, with two players that used to be on their team. So uh, I guess uh, a thought, a shout-out to OKC fans who have to have to yeah, do that. Thoughts and prayers. Um, thoughts and prayers. Yeah. We feel you. Um all right, next thought I had. <laughs> this is so many thoughts. Really random. So I, I don't know. I don't know if this is interesting. Whatever. Uh, is Harden the most frustrating player to root against? Frustrating player to root against? Uh, yeah. If you're like, I can't. If he plays the Bucks in the finals, I might lose my mind because <laughs> it seems so frustrating. The way he plays basketball, the way the team plays, the his antics, his step backs, his push offs, his you know. Acting on calls, oh. yeah, I don't. Th- it drives me. It drives I don't me think nuts. there's any middle ground for Harding. You're either all in on it, or you just you're all off. Well, it's just is he on your team or not? Uh, I mean, that's all. I mean, like, are there, as, as, as I, a player, I mean, as, as someone that's you know doesn't have doesn't have anything in the in the fight right now, I, I look at it. I'm just like, I can I I just can't. I can't understand how his 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 way his style of playing is working so well, right? Yeah, yeah. I respect his style right. of play. I I get that he is a good basketball player. I'm not yeah. saying that, but it's like it's infuriating if you're rooting against him. Sure, I get it. <laughs> so I'm trying to think of like who else, like who else style of play. Again, this is me trying trying to to think out loud um, before, during the game and afterwards. I can't think of anybody who's you know like rooting against Deion Sanders would probably be like this. Yeah. Like yeah. like I he was somebody that. I remember hating, and they went to the 49ers, and I kind of like 49ers as a kid, whatever. Yep. Um, and I was like, okay. <laughs> <That's cool. laughs> I'm, a, I'm okay with this stuff. Uh, but but something like that where it's like it's it's the way in which they play the game that makes it so frustrating. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. And maybe that wasn't it. Deion Sanders is more that kind of dancing and, and, and showboating that. As a kid, Indom- I was like, hey, now. <laughs> Indomitian Sue. Indomitian Sue. There you yeah. go. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, all right. All right, next, last thought. Okay, last thought. All right, thought. so go, <laughs> go, go and say he's. I'm watching this game, and uh, Houston, it's all three pointers, and Golden State's less so, but also all three pointers. And 
It was, I guess, fast paced, but it was pretty sloppy. And are we sure? I guess just are we sure this is the way we want basketball to be played? Is this what is this what we want? I, I guess maybe it already is now. Yes, right? this is we're already, already here, already here, and this is basketball. And I just want to take a second and go. Are we sure this is the, the? Are these the rules? This is the way we want the game to be played. So are you sure, Marlo? Because I am. Yeah, it makes it. Well, it makes. I'm. Uh, well, here's the thing. A little tainted, right? It, it, I watched the Bucks lose. Yeah, exactly. It exacerbates the last like these tight games going down stretch, uh, because it just seems like the way these players are programmed to try to get a foul on every play, on every shot, on every pass. It's yeah. like if you are driving or you take a shot, and there's someone in in the in the vicinity. As a fan, you're holding your breath like they're just going to call a foul. Um, and so it's like all you have to do is be able to get a shot up and, you know, you, you get to go to the line. And that kind of sucks. You want the end of the game to be flowy. You want it to go back and forth. Yeah. You know, if you hit a shot, great. And we'll come back and hit another one. But having the, the you know, free throw contest at the end of the games is not not that entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It, I mean, it was three pointers or free throws. It felt like uh, most of this yep. game. And Kevin Kevin Durant, one foot fading jumpers, which, my God, he is something else. Um I guess if I can piggyback off the way we want to play, every play in this game, it felt like somebody was upset that they got a call, that there was a call, or somebody was upset that there wasn't. There's a lot of storming and moping around the court, and that just was, I don't know, it's going to be a long series. (laughs) That's the way everybody's going to react to every freaking play. Um, But I'll probably watch every second of it because it's entertaining. I don't know. There's nothing. Then I get mad that I'm watching yeah. it. It's it's a weird it's a weird spot to be in this. And it, like I said, is that is this what we want basketball to be? Uh, I'm not sure, but apparently that's what it is. All right, last but not least, probably least, but last <laughs> as well, uh, the Denver Portland series. We finally have our our, our final uh, conference semifinal uh, series. Some might just call it the quarterfinal, but whatever. Um, I guess let's just to, before we get into this series, let's focus on two moments that got us here and the first was Damian Lillard's 37 foot and I can't believe how fast everybody clung on the 37 foot because they just knew it when they saw it they eyed it up they said that's 37 feet he's away from the hoop we see it 37 foot shot serious winning shot yeah. uh over over Paul George and Oklahoma City. yeah wave to the crowd good night goodbye oh yeah uh I obviously saw it in real time because I was definitely up at 12 30 on like no, I was not. <laughs> I just woke up. But that was a hell of a way to end the series. Take that shot uh, from we, should, we taped it right. We taped it out. It was thirty seven feet. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. No, I just eyeballed it. And I knew. Got it, so got it. Got it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that was. I mean, I think it was fantastic. I, the what did you think of the reaction by Dame Leonard? Just the staring at the crowd, waving by, walking back. Not too much celebration. I mean, so. We talked about last week about uh, the narratives uh, that we we were kind of rooting for in this playoffs, and Damian Lillard's kind of uh, his career arc, his kind of attitude he's had in this whole thing is kind of that's what I'm keen in on on this. And this was just like peak him being that, and it was on top of like I think it was Game Three when OKC won, and they were like calling Lillard out, and they were like Russ was like uh, talking about busting his ass and all this kind of crap, and it's like. He just came out and just beat the crap out of him, and it was awesome. And this shot just like was a cherry on top for Damian Lillard, and I was rooting for him the whole way. It was it was it was fantastic. The did you see the? Uh, it was on the Twitter, so maybe uh, the shot of him just looking 
cool, calm, collected, like he's been here before, and everybody else around him is just going nuts. Yep. It's a fantastic shot, and just I don't know, it was so cool, and it was such like a uh, an an alpha move. It was fantastic. I loved it. I loved it. All right, so I can't. I, I don't know. What did you? I mean, no, this it was is, it was it was amazing. I mean, you, yeah, fantastic. All right, I thought you'd be more excited. About it. I thought you were gonna. <laughs> I thought you were going to jump in and be like, yeah, and, you know, bring in the attitude. And that's, you know, that's more you than me in general. <laughs> and here I am. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to talk it up. I don't know. All right. All right. Uh, so if that, if Marlo is Damian Lillard shot the yes. end of the game, I'm Greg, I'm Greg Popovich not calling timeout <laughs> at the end of the Denver San Antonio game. Uh, although in, in kind of the time between, uh, I was kind of looking into this. Uh, at the time, uh, so I guess to set the stage, uh, Denver is up four on San Antonio with the ball. There's a three-second difference between the shot and game clock. And San Antonio just doesn't foul. And Denver doesn't score, but the game is essentially over because there's only three seconds left. And Denver's up four points. Uh, and Twitter's going nuts saying, why aren't they falling? Why aren't they falling? Blah, blah, blah. But I have since seen video of what looked like Greg Popovich trying to get the attention of his Ooh. team to foul and the fact that the game was in Denver and apparently it was pretty loud there uh, so it's possible that he was asking them to foul but they couldn't hear but to that I say there should have been some point where you could have communicated that before that exact scenario also there are a lot of veteran players on San Antonio that all of them forgot or all of them didn't know the game situation. Um, it just for a, a, for San Antonio, who has the brand that they do, you know, has the best coach, you know, has this kind of veteran kind of has this system to do the wrong thing. It just seems so out of place for them. Uh, Endeavor wins it and moves on. That put you yeah, in no. there? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> Like I had my thought that I lost it, <laughs> and I was trying to find it again. Oh, they didn't. Um, so yeah, I don't. <laughs> I lost it. All right, all right, all right. So now we have uh, Denver and Portland. Uh, uh, again, I don't want to say it's a, the one I'm least interested in because that's not fair, but it's the one I'm least interested in. Uh, although I will be watching this for two reasons and two players only: um, Jokic and Lillard. That's pretty much. I, I don't really have a rooting interest in this. I, I'm leaning towards Lillard because I just think it'd be so fun to keep seeing him do this, keep playing at this level, and to finally lead a team to something would be so great. Um, and Jokic is just such an interesting player. Um, he's just different uh, than really any player this day in age in today's NBA. Uh, a big man who is more of a pass first big man. Uh, but also can kind of create his own shot. It, I'm just going to key in and watch those two guys uh, until it's past my bedtime and then I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I'm excited for that. I'm excited for that awesome. series. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> awesome. West Coast basketball. What's the, what's the over-under and how many quarters of that, the series, will you see? That I will see. I, I bet I make most half-times. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll make it to half I doubt I I would say over, if it gets to a game six, I will watch the second half. But I doubt I'll watch a, a second half a second half of the first ones because that's I mean we're talking like eleven ten eleven yeah. o'clock oh, right easy. I mean what 
once halftime hits, I'm like, I gotta, I gotta, I have to check out because otherwise I'm sucked in. I can't can't right. function tomorrow. Uh, all right, all right, <laughs> done with the game. Let's talk baseball. All right, so on to more of my emotional stress here today. Brewers lose uh, to the Mets. I guess they won the series, uh, but it's still kind of. I'm still in the malaise of of their struggles against the Dodgers and Cardinals. Um, they won two out of three. They won the first two games, lost the uh, getaway game today. Uh, and and the issue I guess I have right now is the bullpen. And it's a predictable issue. And a lot of Brewers fans are sitting here going, you know, why didn't we address the bullpen? Or, you know, how can this be the bullpen you went into the season with? Uh, to put a little context to it, Marlo, the Brewers took um, – Woodruff out of the bullpen, put him in the starting lineup, uh, and uh, Corbin Burns out of the uh, into the into the starting lineup into the uh, rotation. Um, that's not their bullpen thin, but more so, couple that with uh, Knable, uh being out for the year and Jeffries uh, being hurt. He's making his way back. He's pitched a little bit in. Uh, here this year, but the bullpen's just really thin, and just with, outside of Hater, just you can't trust anything, and that reared its ugly head again today. Uh, and to add uh, injury to worry, uh, Yelich left the game today, who's basically been keeping, keeping the Brewers afloat, um, left the uh, game today uh, with an oblique, no, a back strain, back strain. Um, no word uh, additionally on that yet, but God, if he misses a significant time, it's going to be tough. He did hit a uh, non-Miller Park home run, nice. though. So he has yeah, he has that, that going for him. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm starting to worry. Uh, the Brewers got off to a great start and now are in the lull. I need them to get out of this lull for me to get any sort of confidence back uh, in this team. Uh, Aguilar continues to struggle. I don't need to keep complaining about the Brewers. Uh, but, uh, yeah, series win. Yeah, Let's focus on that. You just got to win. If you win every series, you're going to be a pretty good team. All right. All right. Baseball, baseball White well. Sox had a yeah. comeback against Detroit the other night. That was f- fantastic. Had a lot, had, had a little bit of everything. White Sox come, uh, we're down yeah. nine. They come back to take the lead on an Abreu home run in the seventh. But mm. wait a minute. No, they don't, because Abreu ran past the guy on first base. It was a three-run home run. Ran past the guy on first base. Wait. So Abreu was actually called out, and the other two scores did did actually score. Um, so it ended up tying the game at the time. How do you run past the? <laughs> yeah. Did he just boy? He just it booked was, it. Uh, so his home run for some reason the the guy on first I can't gave my name right now who was on first. Uh, he ran back to the bag thinking it may be caught for a tag up, right? Oh, Ray was watching the ball, okay, running, and then they kind of yeah. got to even. It went to replay because they had to see if they were even or if they were above them. Oh um, man! It turned out that it's like it's yeah. like offsides in <laughs> yeah, exactly. soccer. Like, draw yeah. the line. So I, I had never seen anything like that before, or that call before, or, or anything like that. So that that was weird. It, yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Um, but then. So they come back. That was it. They come back from nine runs down. Get to the bottom of the ninth. <laughs> After the White Sox come back from nine runs down uh, in the bottom of the ninth, uh, my guy Tim Anderson steps up to the plate and hits a walk off game winning home run. And guess what? Back at it, throwing the baseball bat like a javelin, like he's never been there before, pimping that home run. 
<laughs> as he deserves. But yeah, it was. Uh, he, there's not much I get to look forward to as far as the White Sox, but just you know, those are the moments where it's like, okay, this was cool, you know, to kind of yeah. have that moment. And Tim Anderson walk off home runs are always fun. So that's all I have to report for this week. Yeah. Tim Anderson having himself a, yeah. a week, a, a couple weeks, weeks yeah. now. Yeah, at least he's consistent with the uh. bat throwing. You know, it's not just a one time. Yeah, it's what he does. Just chucks it. Yeah, it's great. It's pretty good. That's pretty good. I mean, if you're gonna, if you're gonna gonna have a thing, that's a, that's a pretty yeah. cool thing to have. You know, you're really uh, his own signature bat flip. Bat chuck. chuck. Yeah, it's more of a chuck. It's pretty. Yeah. It's pretty great. Fantastic. He, he can tell he really <laughs> means it when he when he does it. <clears throat> All right, Marlo. Uh, any other no, baseball things? I got nothing else in baseball. Uh, Pujols oh, yeah. passed uh, Barry Bonds now, so he's third all time in all RBIs. Right. In was... RBIs, so uh, that we'll continue to watch that. I I don't know if anybody cares, but it's it's I mean, if you, it's I know probably people who listen to this aren't <laughs> Cardinals fans or Pujols fans, right? But I mean, when you're witnessing something somebody who's done something third all time it's it's something so i just wanted yeah. to bring it up all right uh speaking of things i feel like i have to bring <laughs> up my <laughs> yeah. playoffs it's still happening i still haven't been hooked by it and i feel like normally by now i am um and i think part of that is uh we've talked last year and if you're new to the pod um i have this complicated hierarchy of the uh, playoff or the hockey team's that I root for, uh, let's just say it starts with the Red Wings and Original Six, and then you know we go from there. The cold weather uh, over warm weather, and it's a tough it's a tough year for that kind of hierarchy. Um, the uh, Bruins are uh, Original Six yeah. left, but for you know Boston sports success reasons, I don't want to root yeah. for them. Still in the running uh, for the Grand Slam. Yeah, oh, God. Uh, other than that, uh, the only other cold weather team is the Islanders, and I can't. I, I mean, sure. Other than that, you got the Avalanche. You got Colorado. Do you, none of these, Does that count? There are they cold. I mean, they get yeah. snow. Okay. St. Louis, Columbus gets snow. I guess I should be. I don't. Know, it just hasn't hasn't gripped me uh, like it normally does. I'm normally, you know, a, a lot more invested at this time. And my only thought is it's it's the teams, uh, and that sounds lame. So I don't know. Is there is there another thing I'm missing, Marlo, or is it? Am I just uh, no? I I just, yeah, I don't. And I'm, I'm not feeling the sizzle. Um, not feeling the sizzle that we got the caps are out, so we're gonna have a new champion. That that kind of hurts. Uh, yeah. No more Ovi. Uh, thoughts in Paris, Jordan, and yeah. I mean, there's I, I don't know. Where are yeah. the, where are the other stars? You know, in the league. I guess that's yeah. that's another big thing. You got, like you said, Boston was the original six, but uh, Pitts, Pittsburgh got out early. Um, Nashville, but got even out. if like even if it was Pittsburgh instead of the yeah. Islanders, I'm not sure. I would. It's it's weird. I don't know. I, it, maybe it's just a one off thing. Uh, maybe it's because I'm you know the Bucks are in the playoffs and there's like other things I'm I'm actually yeah. you know a fan of that are happening. Uh, you know, I'm probably a little bit more invested in the Brewers this season than I would normally be in any other Brewers season. So maybe it's these other things that are clogging my <laughs> my sports time uh, and my fandom. But uh, I guess pretty soon I'll have to, may have to pick somebody to, uh, to root for here. Um, 
I was leaning towards uh, uh, San Jose because they have uh, Joe Pavelski, but then he got hurt. <laughs> so I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I'll continue to try. Maybe since nothing else is on tonight, I'll, I'll tune into the uh, to the uh, Sharks game tonight and and oh, it's happening now. Oh, San Jose's already up. Go Sharks! <laughs> Just jump on that bandwagon. They'll be up two zero. All right. Uh, yeah, NHL good talk. Stuff. Good stuff. We tried. <laughs> All right, so All I guess, right. is it time? Move. It's time. <laughs> it's time. I think, Moving I think on it's to time. America's favorite segment, Casey's Corner Kick. Uh, I just made a ramble again. All right, uh, so the EPL is drawing to a close, uh, Marlo, and it is quite the title race. Uh, Liverpool won on Friday uh, 5-0, as they say, uh, over Huddersfield. Uh, there was a goal in 16 seconds, uh, Naby Keita, uh, essentially stole the original back pass from the kickoff and all of the uh, drama, the nerves that I'm sure were there uh, at the stadium for Liverpool's performance to kind of continue the title chase were immediately evaporated and Liverpool was able to play freely and comfortably and uh, against an uh, honestly overmatched Huddersfield team and won 5-0. Uh, I talked earlier today about, uh, earlier in the pod about uh, kind of my uh, three teams that I was emotionally invested in. And one of those was Burnley this morning. They took on Man City. And I got to be a Burnley fan for a day. And it was frustrating. <laughs> uh, so to put it in context, uh, Liverpool Man City obviously are one and two in uh, the title race. Liverpool essentially needs Manchester City to not win one of their last three games. And Liverpool needs to win their last two. Um for Liverpool to win. Uh, the, I think the last best chance for City to trip up was today against Burnley. Uh, and Burnley valiantly held on and defended for 60-some minutes. And then a Cunaguero goal scored by all of, I don't know, an inch. It got across the line before it was kicked back out. And that is maybe the difference and uh, uh, in the league this year. And City will win because of that stupid inch. Because the stupid defender <laughs> waited half a second uh, to kind of lunch himself at the ball and knock Game it out of the goal. Of inches. So frustrating. frustrating. And then Burnley really never had an opportunity to score this entire game. Um, once City scored, it was pretty much over. Uh so with that said, City sits atop the league by um two points by yeah, by two points. Um with two games left to play. Uh, City plays uh host Leicester City and then are at Brighton. Uh both very winnable games. That's why I kind of thought this was the last best chance. Uh Burnley a, a solid defensive team and uh at home maybe could have got a result but didn't. Uh Liverpool play at Newcastle, which might be a tricky one, and Wolves. So two trickier games for Liverpool. Um I'm in full on I'm just trying to enjoy the ride mode. <laughs> because Yeah. Uh because literally Liverpool is having one of the best Premier League seasons ever. They just are doing it at the same time as City is having a very marginally slightly better one. Um, 
and I'm trying to enjoy the this team because this Liverpool team is is great. Um, any like I, I think I mentioned last week at the point total Liverpool is already at, they would have won like ten of the last fifteen leagues, and they are now three points beyond that and look to go above that. So it's historically a title worthy team. Uh, it just happens to be in this time where City is is a uh, a next level team. So <clears throat> we'll see. Um, and as we are in this title race, neither of the teams are kind of falling away. They're both performing extraordinary. I went back and looked. The last time that Man City lost was January 29th against Newcastle, who, as I mentioned earlier, Liverpool plays, so it might be a little tricky game. And then Liverpool last lost January 3rd, which seems crazy, although there were four ties in there. So these teams are playing amazingly. These They're getting results. You know, they're not always Great results. City winning 1-0 going back. City and both Liverpool had one uh, goal games that it, it's just been a quite a race to behold. And I'm just that's what I'm holding on to because I think Liverpool's not going to win the title, which is uh, damn it. But <laughs> to be here is just you know to be nominated is an honor of it in it of itself so that's the attitude i'm trying to take um as we go down here hopefully city will trip up in one of their final two games and liverpool will deliver but we'll see um other than that liverpool still is alive in the champions league which man city is not so ha i guess um although (laughs) although the, the debate is now would they change spots would uh city take liverpool's spot in the premier league if uh the, you know they traded spot in the spots in the Premier League, and I think both teams would, uh, because City's won the league. They've you know uh, done this. It's not as meaningful to them. It's still meaningful to win the league, but not as meaningful as a Champions League win would. Whereas Liverpool hasn't won in like um, twenty eighteen years. I forget. I should know this. Uh, a long time. <laughs> so it'd be so meaningful for Liverpool to win the league. Not that Champions League wouldn't be meaningful. Because uh, obviously that would, but um, I think winning the league would would mean so much more to the team. So I think both of them would switch paces, but we can't do that because of rules. I don't know. Uh, and there's like, yeah, there's rules in these competitions. We can't just vote to change places. So Champions League this week, um, Marlo, we got on Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, this is semifinals. Uh, Tottenham will host Ajax. Um, and it's still amazing to me that one of these two teams are going to be playing for a Champions League final. Uh, Tottenham is kind of historically a um, get there but never get over the hill team. And Ajax is a team that has a great history, but kind of the financials of soccer have just kind of left them behind. Um, so the fact that one of these two teams will be in the final is amazing. That first tie of that is on Tuesday. Um, and then Wednesday, uh, Barcelona hosts Liverpool. Uh, I think for this one, Liverpool just need to get a cl- a close loss where they score a goal. If they can get a close loss where they score a goal and come back to Anfield next week, uh, I think there's still a chance. But I-, I think the away goal is important in that or a draw. I'll take that. I'll take that. But that's what they need to be going for. It's... It- these are, should be two really interesting games. I hope everybody will tune in and watch them. Um, Marlo, you included. Uh, because, as I always say, Champions League is kind of the best level of soccer in the world. And 
uh, the weird thing about soccer is like the games don't always live up to the expectation. They don't always live up to the stage. Often, like a Super Bowl, like the Super Bowl often doesn't live up to the stage. Uh, but this is our kind of best chance to have that happen and to have really great soccer for a stage, uh, uh, kind of like the uh, Man City Tottenham game was last week. So uh, tune in, hope that these games live up to the stage that it is. Um, that's Champions League. Yes. And last thing, Marlo, forward Madison FC had their home opener. Yeah, we almost close. went, right? Yep. We were pretty much there, uh, but not there. Uh, had some friends who were there. They said it was a really uh, fun atmosphere, uh, despite the snow, uh, yes, which is snow on April yep. late, late April. And um, there was snow on the field, uh, but it was apparently a pretty great atmosphere uh, for the home opener. It was a, a nil-nil draw. Exciting. Uh, however, I the... Um, I think the conditions played a large part of that as it was reported a relatively sloppy game. But, uh, yeah, hope to make it up to a couple of those this year and we'll, uh, we'll be following along on that. Um, that's it, I think, for the corner kick, unless you want to scoop no, me on anything, Marlo. I think Marlo. you covered it well. So be on the lookout All right. for us at the uh, Madison FC games. Yeah. <laughs> Old Man oh. League. I forgot Old Man League. Uh, tough Ooh, 6-2 loss. Tough 6-2 Ooh. loss. It was so it was it was four one. Then we brought it back to four two with a goal oh, by yours truly. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um and then they scored like two goals right away, right away afterwards <laughs> and it was over. <laughs> it happened really fast. I don't know what happened. It it went from like, yes, we're back in it to and this is over. Let's just run, let's just run this out. So Alright, uh, that is uh that's it for the officially it for the corner kick. Alright, so for the corner kick, that's uh it for myself, it's all I have. As always, appreciate the listens. Uh, be sure to, if you have not, give us a five-star review on iTunes. Like us, share us. You can follow us on Twitter, at 132Breeze. Myself, at MarloJR. Casey, at Prof Badger Fan. And uh, Casey, you got any last words? All right, well, until next time, everyone, I hope that all your favorite teams win all the sports.